Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Jason, it's great to see you. Yeah, hey there, Drew. Nice to see you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, there there are times when you when you don't know somebody for long and you click or you know somebody for a long time and you don't click as well as somebody you just met recently. And that's what um, I enjoy about doing what I'm doing because I get to meet people who I've never met my entire life. And you and I have had maybe, I think it was like one face-to-face on zoom conversation that we clicked and yeah. I go to, and I go to your, your gem networking group and it's just, there's something about you and your story that I wanted to have you on because there are people out there who are struggling and I know that they'll pick up something from you. That's going to help them get unstuck. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I wanted you on. So thanks for being you and thanks for coming on. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. So, so we know that life is not linear, even though when we were growing up, people tell us if you do A, B, C, and D, you're going to get E and ultimately, we might get E. It's just not going to be that straight line. There are things that 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 come into our path that we yeah. either try to avoid, run around, or run through. Yeah, and your story is powerful, and and I'd like the audience to get to know the essence of Jason Van Orden. And if you could kind of reach back to wherever you want to start and find that defining moment that kind of woke you up and where you said, you know what. There's a better way to live and I'm going to find it. And then yeah, there's been quite a few of them, but certainly uh, there's there's one that I would say really started what might have been a cascading effect over the next <laughs> couple of decades of yeah. shifting into a more true version of myself. Yeah. Um, but the first one that comes to mind had to do when I, I, I started realizing I was not going to be happy as a nine to five employee for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I had gone to university to get a degree in engineering, electrical engineering, um, and, you know, thought that I was going to be an engineer for life and do the whole, you work until you retire and you get your 401k and and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um And I even got what felt like it might be a dream engineering job because at the same time, I was a guitarist and a musician. And I was actually pretty serious trying to make it as a musician in a band. So this is like in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, And the company that I worked for designed gear for guitarists. So I was playing my guitar work on a daily basis, writing software and like, you know, seems pretty cool. And it was until it wasn't. I graduated and started that job in the year 2000 and about a year and a half later, we all know that 9-11 happened and, you know, that was a very jarring experience for many, many people. And I can remember several, you know, a few months later, you know, sitting there and working and uh, one of my best friends worked in HR and I suddenly, we would text back and forth. I think it was on AOL Messenger at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Like Today, we use different things, but right. there was no Facebook Messenger or any of those yet, right? So right. anyway, and he, he suddenly messaged me and said, I can't talk much about it, but I've just been let go. I'll call you later and we can chat. And I was just like, what happened? And then the phone next to me rang and I heard my friend pick it up. And then he got up and said, I just been called into HR and I'm like, 
oh my goodness, what is happening here? And then shortly there, he came back with a cardboard box filled with this stuff. And the phones around me kept ringing. And I started preparing myself to get that phone call. Now, I just happened to have the most seniority of the most junior guys because I had worked there a couple of summers as an intern. And that might be, I don't know, maybe that's what saved me. I didn't get laid off that day. But I was already in a position of like, I, I'm not sure I can see myself fulfilled doing this for a while. And then that was this wake up call of like, you know what? Employment is not actually the security that we think it is. Right. Absolutely. And I had already been kind of thinking about what are some other things I might be able to do in life. I'd started reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Actually, for a little while, I thought about going to get my MBA. I thought about being a professor. I went through all these things. And in the end, I, I, those are just going to put me back into a bureaucracy that I'm not going to right. enjoy or a corporate environment. But I'd been listening. I, I had this like 1988 Buick Oldsmobile that I bought off my grandma. Um, awesome car, you know, bench seats, velvety bench seats yep. and, and a tape player. So I had a tape player. Yeah. And the adapter with my CD player and yeah. the whole back seat was just scattered with books and tapes and things about entrepreneurship and real estate investing and, mm. and just investing in gen. Just like, I was just trying to fill my brain with like, what else could I potentially do here? Absolutely. Now, you know, I won't draw the story out any longer. I still was in that job for about another year and a half, but after another year and a half. And by then I'd started like, you know, meeting other people who were also looking for a different way in life. We'd get together and talk. And, and at one point I just, I got to where I woke up one morning, hit my snooze button three or four times in a row and just realized I am depressed. Mm. I'm not enjoying my life. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and thought, okay, well, why don't I just quit my job? And of course the first thing was like, well, I'm not sure what I would do, right. but I had been learning a lot about real estate investing and had met somebody who can be a mentor. So that was on my mind. Okay. And I wrote down a list of nine fears. I think it ended up being nine fears. Like I was like, what are the things I'm afraid of? Okay. What if I don't have insurance? What if, what if this, what if that? And just started going down through them one-on-one -on -one and one by one and thinking, okay, well, you know, is this fear actually true? What's the evidence for the evidence? What's an alternate way of looking at it? What might I do if that fear comes true? Okay. You know, what's the likelihood of that fear coming true? You know, different things like that. Sure. And I managed to pretty much, I wouldn't say like totally eliminate, but definitely lessen those fears mm -hmm. enough to the point that on August 17th, 20, oh, uh, 2003, yeah, yeah. I went into my boss and said, I'm leaving. I'm going. And of course, he's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to be a real estate investor. He's like, why do you want to get your real estate license? I said, no, I want to be a real estate investor. Anyway, as I went around and started telling people, a lot of them didn't understand. They're like scratching their heads and starting to say their excuses of like, oh, I could never do that. And it was very interesting to see people's responses to me right. quitting. Right. Um, now, there's a whole other story that happens after that, you know, cas a cascade of breadcrumbs and things that have led to entrepreneurship. Because at that time, podcasting hadn't shown up. That's been a huge part of my story since 2005. I had no idea I'd end up a business coach or a marketing coach. I had no idea I'd end up working um, with experts to grow a business, but it all started from quitting that, going into real estate investing, bumping into my mentor there, meeting other people that led to this idea, that led to that idea, that then I worked, you know, yeah. was experimenting and I started bumping into things. And here we go, fast forward now two decades and I've been working for myself for 20 years um, ever since. 
and have had a very successful business or, or two in that time as well. Continue to uh, grow my my current business, loving what I do every day. Right. And uh, that's that's the moment that it all that it all started. One of first of one, the first of many. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. And you know what the 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 fact that you you did a few things scared, which is impressive because a lot of people again that you have that fear and you you actually started to look inside yourself to 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 determine why you had those feelings. Not many people are able to do that when they're in the thick of a, a big decision. So I commend right. you, I commend you for that. And to realize that it that the, the fears were were created and made up in your head that they weren't necessarily reality. And so when you took that first step of being an entrepreneur, tell me what 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 were some of the fears you had um, about entrepreneurship and how'd you tackle them? Yeah, so, okay, like I mentioned, the one quick one I think that comes to a lot of people's minds, unfortunately, is... Uh, is health insurance right and just right. our medical system is a mess we don't need to go into that right and it was already a mess back then too and so you know that's one simple one it's like well what if i get sick what about you know and and i'll tell you like i exchanged some risks for others and so i was young at the time i was in my 20s and i did make a decision for a little while like i'm gonna go without health insurance for a couple of years while i try to get this going mm -hmm. um how am I going to have the money to get a business going if I need to invest in like mentors or or other things to get it going? It's like, well, I'm going to get a, a business credit card. And I, I, you know, I did get a couple of loans to get things going. And I just made that decision of like, well, I'm making a calculated risk in terms of like betting on myself. I believe that I'm going to be able to uh, make something work. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, you know, of course, there's a lot of, everybody has their different tolerance for uh you know no debt and what feels like justified debt versus not and so forth but lots and lots of people take on debt to get a business going you know so that was a second one as well what are my parents going to think you know that was one that i was like you know in the end i remembered my dad actually had a pretty entrepreneurial spirit and actually one time i reminded myself he did actually quit his job at one point mm -hmm. moved us back to alaska was trying to get this new job going unfortunately it didn't work out for them time like my sister got really sick ironically maybe this is why the health insurance thing was a and he needed health insurance because right. she was going to need a lot of surgery so he went back to the teaching job that he had been in prior right. But I was like, well, yeah, so look, like my dad, he's always been an adventurous spirit. He's had his own times of trying to go his own way. I think in the end, they'll maybe they'll worry for a little while, but, you know, with time, hopefully they'll see. And they definitely did and really ended up being quite supportive and not nearly as as bothered by the idea of me quitting my job as I thought they would be. Mm -hmm. um, so that's at least three of them. I remember there were nine. I, I wonder if I have in a journal somewhere the list of all that'd nine great, of them. That'd be a great thing to share um, with people because I'm sure everybody had those nine fears. I, I love the the calculated risk you talk about. Um, and many people uh, are afraid of taking risks, but they don't break it down to calculated versus non strategic and you and you and you had the forethought to take calculated risks and what you said is you bet on yourself uh investing in yourself is probably the best risk you're going to take and for you to be able to determine that at that time is is, is pretty incredible and i again i commend you on that so so once you um overcame those 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 fears because instead of inaction you actually took action what happened then uh, so I, I dove right into real estate investing because that's what I had 
been reading most in these different books, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I had found a mentor to help me uh, get started, uh, got involved in a local real estate investing uh, club or association. I felt like I had a good support system. So I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy and rehab houses or, you know, I was learning all the different ways. I was just, again, digesting the CDs and cassette tapes. Right. Um, now, it turns out that real estate investing wasn't, you know, in the long term, the right fit for me. I, I understand now, you know, having gone through lots of other and learned lots of other things like, you know, and finding like, where, where do I align really well with my strengths, my desire, the lifestyle I want, et cetera, where can I create the greatest value in the world and so forth. But one thing that did come out of real estate investing is that my mentor who was teaching me real estate investing had also just started teaching uh, other people like doing one or two day seminars, teaching others how to do what he did. Oh, okay. And seeing him teach those seminars, I actually started helping him with that piece as well. Suddenly a light bulb went off. Um, well, a couple light bulbs went off. So that that wasn't, I'm like, this is really interesting. He's making a lot of money doing real estate investing, but he also wants his other income stream teaching others. So that stuck in my brain. The other thing that stuck in my brain was that um, I actually knew some things about marketing and I realized a lot of real estate investors wanted some help with their marketing, how to find buyers, how to find sellers to put their deals together. And I, as a musician in my band, had studied a bunch of marketing to figure out how do I sell my CDs? How do I get people to my shows? How do I build an email list? And I started teaching the stuff I knew to real estate investors. Now they started asking me for some consulting and then I put two and two or one and one, whatever together and thought, what if I do a seminar like Jeff for a day, you know, I'm not experienced at the deals, but I can teach them a lot about marketing. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. So it was uh, 2004. So about a year later, and I had a mailing list of 83 people from that association I was a part of. I made agreement with them that I would share some of the profits with them. I put together a three part mailer. Mm -hmm. I'd learned from direct marketing people how to do, and this is through snail mail at the time, not even email. Um, and I did a little campaign and I ended up getting 25 people filling the room. And when all was said and done, I made like $8,000 that day. Wow. And a big light bulb went off. Mm -hmm. I had done a real estate deal by then and made $17,000 on that. But I'm like, I made, you know, right. About how, like, but it was in like, it was, it was like so much easier and so much in alignment with like, I loved teaching. Like I said, I thought about being a professor, but I just didn't want to get stuck in a bureaucracy of universities, but like, wow, I get to teach on my own terms and I actually really enjoy marketing and, and business and entrepreneurship in general. I was absorbing a lot there anyway. So I, I recorded that seminar. I had a product, I had CDs, I was burning CDs. Mm -hmm. I had a manual, which is all the slides and worksheets and things that I'd handed out at the seminar, started selling that locally because not, you know, I only had so much room to invite people in. I didn't want to have to do the thing live all the time. Right. And eventually I needed more people to sell to. So I went online and that's when I first started early on in 2005, end of 2004, looking into online marketing, which then led me to other business ideas, eventually led me to podcasting as a marketing channel. And that took me down a whole other path. Turns out that even that real estate investing course, while I did make money off it for a little while, that wasn't where I settled. Then I ended up going all in on podcasting in 2005 when that showed up on my radar, because I had this feeling there's something here. Yeah. Right. And the musician in me understood the audio, the marketer in me understood the business potential and the teacher in me understood and the engineer in me understood the technical aspects. Like, so it was like, this is a good fit for me. Yes. 
So eventually I did end up with a, a podcast that took off, became a top 10 business podcast, and that led to a whole other business. But um, that's what I did immediately after quitting my job was dove into real estate investing, started experimenting. And then within a couple of years, <laughs> I was off on another path, but it was only in jumping in and doing. There's no way I ever would have sitting in my job come to the conclusion of, I should teach seminars about marketing. Absolutely. I should, you know, I might not have even, I might not have even bumped into podcasting early enough to have been one of the first business podcasters, right? Yeah. So, yeah. it all, it all kind of one thing led to another, and that journey continues today. That's wonderful. Well, you know, each each decision for you was a stepping stone to another decision you were to make that you didn't even know it was coming up. And yeah. I think that's the message you're you're giving to the audience is that we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And unless we take that first step, that first scary step, we're not going to give ourselves that opportunity to connect the dots. You've connected a lot of dots based on previous wisdom and experience that has brought you to where you are now. Now you are building on strengths, strengths upon strengths, which which brings you to where we are today with you. Now, I know I, I attend one of your networking groups. I do want you to talk about that. I want you to promote that because it's phenomenal. And and I want to know a little about what you are doing now with, with all those lessons you learned from the different strengths, from whether from whether you wanted to go into engineering or not, or if, if that was just the path that was given to you and you did it, you learned something from it. So what are you doing now and how did you pull or what did you pull from all those other things you experienced to make you who you are now so you can provide what you're providing for, for yeah so that that business podcast that took off called internet business mastery it was the first podcast ever about online marketing and online business and um within a couple of years it, it really took off we had an audience who started asking us for help hey love your show do you have courses do you have coaching and this was with a friend of mine. He was selling stuff on eBay. So he too had quit his corporate job as a video editor and struck out his own. So we were just two guys saying, hey, here's our story. We were in the same place that you are four years ago in jobs we didn't like. And we're just on the journey with sharing it with you. Anyway, for the next decade, that bit by bit turned into a full-blown educational company for beginning entrepreneurs also looking to get out of their job and strike out on their own. Right. So I learned a lot you know, through creating content and running a podcast for, for 10 years, you know, now like content's a huge part. Of what I do, I found a, a voice, I continue developing it, but I feel like, you know, I found my own voice and what I want to say in, in the world. I learned a lot about, um, you know, finding an audience that you can really uh, uniquely serve in some way that resonates with who you are. Not that just, not just that you have a skill or expertise that's relevant to a a top need or concern or interest goal that they have, but also that's something about you and how you show up, how you make them feel or think, or uh, just the values and shared meaning that they see between you. I mean, I think I incidentally attract a lot of engineers because I talk about having been an engineer. We would attract some musicians because I talk about being, musicians. we attract, you know, others who are parents. Like it was just like these little things that like you attract audience because they find themselves in you. Right. And that was a big lesson for me. Uh, I launched tons of courses over that time. So learned a lot about teaching online and how to be a good coach. Right. Um, now, after 10 years of doing that, something was still, something was missing for me. It was time for a change. It was something, right. again, it's just like having that restlessness as an employee. I'm like, it's time for something else. And what I realized was, number one, I did just need to kind of change it up. Number two, I wanted to get out of that 
you can make money online market because by 2015, it was starting to get very noisy, very crowded, very obnoxious. Absolutely. You know, everyone like just saying, hey, you too can. I'm like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to market like that. Right. So I shifted. And as I thought back, I was like, well, one of the things I love most about being an internet business mastery is when we would have students that would show up to learn from us, not just because they wanted to quit their job. I mean, I found it incredibly filling, fulfilling to help people strike out in another way um, in their life. Right. Absolutely. But I also loved it. There are a lot that showed up. They're like, I have a story. I have a message. I have something I feel compelled to share with the world. Yep. And that was incredibly fulfilling for me to help those, right. those people in particular. So I thought, what if I shift to working with established experts, like coaches, right. consultants, speakers, authors, amazing message to share, really good at what they do, know how to get results for people. They just they need strategic help. Like I had learned a lot about my unique strengths in strategy and teaching. And, and like, there are people out there who like, they need those strengths to complement their own strengths sure. to make happen their goal. And so I started working with those established coaches and consultants, which I still do to this day. And over the last several years have developed courses and frameworks and tools and content to help uh, visionary people with awesome ideas and messages to reach more of the people that they are uniquely equipped to serve in right, the world. Right. So I carried a lot of those things forward and, you know, continue to find ways to, uh, you know, discover things about myself and align my business or my life pursuits with those things as much as I can for my own growth and fulfillment, as well as for my impact in, in the world. What's going on with the music? When did yeah. that is still going on? Great question. So like, uh, actually, it, so it went to the wayside for a while, sadly, because business just really took over. And it was right. I mean, starting out as an entrepreneur it takes so much time and energy. Yeah. But um, I am happy to say that more recently, I have um, got my guitars out of storage last year, bought yeah, my yeah. first amp in like 15 years last year, yeah. um, and started playing on a much more regular basis and developing my skills again. And it's incredibly fulfilling. It's nice to have a creative outlet and an identity again outside of me as an entrepreneur and me as a parent. Cause like, those are the two yeah. things that really dominate my life. And that's yeah. fine. Like those are, but you know, you want those other things for you. Like that's creative fuel. It's a creative outlet. It's another thing where I can see myself improve. And even if I feel like I'm messing it up as a parent at a particular time or as an entrepreneur, right. you know, I can still feel good about my, Grab the guitar. You know, and they feed each other too, yeah, I find. Absolutely. So yeah. And and my girlfriend now she's also been learning guitar and so we actually jam together on a regular That's basis. That's good. I love that. I love that. It's it's been good. That's wonderful. All right. So so any podcasting now? Yes, I did start another podcast. Uh, I haven't been as regular as with the the last one because I've been experimenting with a lot of other things. I want. I did a season of that podcast, and then COVID hit. And I don't have to tell you, like podcasting, it takes time and energy. And yeah, I hadn't quite got all my systems together for that podcast. In my last business, like we had a whole team, we had a whole system. It was all down. I just yeah. like showed up, recorded, yeah. and out it went yeah. and all taken care of. Yeah. And so COVID hit and suddenly I'm a home teacher as well as all these other, right? Oh, homeschool yeah. teacher. And I'm like, okay, something's got, and that was one of the things that slid off because I just, yeah. I didn't have the systems in place yet to keep right. it going seamlessly with right. that time crunch on it. Right. But I'm, I've just started re-recording -re interviews, really excited to bring that back again. And uh, I, I mean, I, I love it. Podcasting is obviously has changed my life. I love listening to podcasts. I love coming on podcasts. Um, so yes, the, the podcast is called Impact and it's all about growing your coaching or consulting business to have a bigger impact in the world and, uh, and the kind of lifestyle you're looking for. 
Ah, love that. Love that. And, and so, and tell me about your coaching practice now. How's that going? Yeah. So I, I work with coaches and consultants who, again, like they're really good at what they do, but they've reached like a ceiling in their, their income and their growth and their impact. And they're not quite sure they're feeling overwhelmed by needing to sell and market and serve clients and are kind of being pulled between all three of those things. It always feels like one of those three is suffering and they're not quite sure what to shift or change to bring the overwhelm down and unlock a new level of, um, of impact and, and income. And so I help them with their marketing systems. I help them with their sales process. And I help them, most of all, I help them take their expertise and turn it into a system mm -hmm. that they can deliver through like group coaching and things like that. So they can serve, because one of the things with being a coach is if you're only working with people one-on-one, -on -one, you hit a limit as to how much time of your time and energy true. you can sell. So I help them make that switch to where they can serve three, five, 10 times as many people mm -hmm. and- still deliver amazing results by organizing their expertise and dialing in their marketing and, and sales systems. I'm, I'm really good at looking like, oh, you have all these great things going on. And if we just make these few shifts, put these things or here's the one missing piece, or if we you know, hit on this lever over here, that's gonna really open up an opportunity for you. Um, so I do a little bit of one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I run a program that goes for three months where over three months, I take a group of people from scratch to launching their first group program or online course and filling it with people. And then I also have a program where I work with coaches and consultants over a year. Mm -hmm. And in uh, what, what we do is we, we optimize all the, the pieces of their business to yeah. get more growth. So over that year, we're zooming in on all the little, like we find that again, that next leverage point to create yeah. that new growth. So like all I, and I, I have tools and systems and training and I strategize with them on the phone. It's also a group program. I love bringing people together in group programs because they learn so much from each other. Oh, um, and so that, that's a, that, that's my program for helping them double their income and get into those consistent five figure a month, uh, paydays. All right. Uh, recommendation. So if you have a, a, a new coach coming to you, do you usually recommend that they learn uh, some one-on-one -on -one coaching first to get that under the belt, get the confidence, and then expand to the group? Or would you do the opposite group? No, I, I think it's a good idea to work one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, often a coach or consultant, you know, and we've had a lot of them come into the market over the last few years because of COVID right. and people really examining what they want and leaving corporate anyway you know a good place to start is like you hang your shingle you're out there you're like hey i'm an expert who wants to work with me and usually at first you're you're working with a variety of people and kind of trying to figure out who you enjoy working with most it's like right. here's the ideal person i tend to really who really resonates with me that i do my best work with that i enjoy most who is ready to get the most from what i um what i teach at some level, you zero that in. Mm -hmm. And then over time, you need to get to where, oh, now I see here's my system for getting that kind of person to th these results that they want. Right. So now you know your ideal client profile and what I call your signature system for delivering results. Right, right, right. Once you've figured out like, okay, I know how to dependably deliver results. That's when I tell people, it's like, okay, now let's turn that into uh, a group program where you could serve more people at a time mm -hmm. And, and not sacrifice the results that you're delivering. So I do think it's good. You got to do some of that experimentation. And I did the same. When I left Internet Business Mastery, I did spend a couple of years doing one-on-one -on -one and kind of figuring out, you know, where I wanted to, to focus and developing the programs and, and frameworks and things that I teach now. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my recommendation. No, it's a great recommendation. 
Uh, I could talk to you for for a long time. One last thing I want to ask about uh, what you're doing now. Tell us about the networking group that I'm a that I'm familiar with. Yeah, sure. So um, about that time that I left in a business mastery, I was examining what have I not done well that I could do better. And one of the things that came to my mind was like, I've not been that great at networking. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of fortunate in that the podcast made me visible and I had kind of a reputation where I kind of got away without having to be an active networker because people knew, at least enough people knew who I was. Right. But I knew that in starting something, I was I was going to need to be more deliberate about that. But as a natural introvert, like I really, it was hard for me even to reach out to people who were already business friends and colleagues and say, hey, you want to hop on the call? Uh, on a call and catch up like I felt like oh I don't want to bother anyone or that's so much energy or whatever and so I really set myself to working on that finding a way for me that feels good in networking anyway what eventually that led to is okay I'm going to try to now and I did you know my one-to-one skills got better I started building my network out more and then I decided to challenge myself further and say well can I make myself one of these super connectors that people see as like, oh, you're somebody who's connected to people, can connect me to people, because that opens up all kinds of things. So I started this group with a friend. It was shortly after COVID started because we were like, well, people need other ways to connect. So let's give this a go. And so now we run them monthly. It's for coaches and consultants, bringing them together with content creators. And our goal, I mean, we just want people to make great business contacts, you know, friends, collaborators, whatever. But the the main premise is come together, content creators and experts, and we want to hook you up to, you know, for podcast interviews and, uh, you know, content collaborations and things like that. What's the um, name of the group? It's called Generous Entrepreneurs and Media or GEM. Gen- well, I Generous love Entrepreneurs and Media. love the acronym. And uh, so generousentrepreneursandmedia.com takes you to the free sign up page. We meet uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just continues to grow and it's been a lot of fun and it has brought so many benefits to my business, but then also uh, I just see the impact it's making in others. So here we are three years later, keep, keep on doing it. Love it. And uh, your friend's name, who you're partnering in this? Yeah. Michael Roderick. Uh, Yeah. He works with thought leaders and experts. He also has a podcast too. So he'd be a good person. Have you, have you met Michael? I only met him through the, uh, just being in the big zoom box. In the big zoom room, right? Okay. Met, well, I'll have to connect you sometime. He's a great guy. I think you Absolutely. guys have a great, great conversation yeah. too. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Got a couple of questions uh, yeah. to ask you while we wrap up. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk to your younger self. So you're sitting down mm-hmm. with young seven to 10 year old Jason, and you want to give him advice about life. What are you going to tell him? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that I've had to learn in my adulthood is what self-compassion means and how to be nice to myself Mm. and uh, calm the inner critic. And that's all stuff that's been wired year after year throughout my life and that I'm continuing to unwind. And um, so I I I I think I would share something about in whatever terms I thought eight or nine, 10 year old me could understand being kind to yourself. And, and, you know, maybe starting with like listening to the things you say out loud or in your mind. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're even subtle things and you don't realize how you are throwing yourself under the bus. Mm -hmm. So you're not, you know, being, giving yourself the most generous feedback or story. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like a simple thing I do right now is I'll ask myself sometimes when I say something and I go, Oh, wait, that, okay, would I ever say something like that to my daughter? Yes. And if the answer is no, then like, okay, then maybe I should not be saying it to or about myself. Um, so that, I think that that's what I would say. 
That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Kindness to yourself leads to kindness to others. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So that, that's great advice for young Jason. All right. Uh, different hat. And now you're sitting with young Jason, the upcoming businessman entrepreneur, and you want to give him some good business advice. What are you going to tell him? Yeah. One of the most important things I've learned there is to figure out what your unique strengths or abilities are. Um, there's some really great resources out there. I mean, some of the things that helped me with most, um, Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach and his team have a process called Unique Ability. And there's a book um, and a process, and it's it's amazing. And essentially, it's like, you know, where, it's kind of the thing, where do I create the greatest value in the world? Where do I create my most fulfillment from? And it's not necessarily, it's like, ooh, I'm a dancer or a lawyer. No, it's like, it's broader than that. You could apply it to different things. But like I've found in my life, it's like when I've zeroed in on that, my confidence goes up because I see what I have to offer. My fulfillment goes up because I'm focusing more and more of my activities on those things. Um, and the things I offer and put out there in the world are, are, are being received and, and sold better because I'm I'm really offering those those things where I have something extra to offer yeah, sure. above what other, you know, we all have our, our own unique strengths. So uh, StrengthsFinder 2.0 is another great assessment that you can okay. take. Um, I'll, I'll give one more Colby, the Colby A assessment. So StrengthsFinder, Colby A and unique ability. Um, but then it's also just experimenting and noticing and asking for feedback. And the more you dial in and understand that, whether this is in a corporate job or as an entrepreneur, as a parent, any right. of it, right. um, it's such an amazing concept to to understand and rely on and improve your strengths rather than always focusing on your weaknesses. I love that improving strengths is, is almost as important as uh, improving your weaknesses. Um, all right, so the audience has gotten an opportunity to get to uh, know the essence of uh, Jason Van Orden, and they're going to want to get in touch with you, my friend. Mm. Make it easy for them. How do they do that? Yeah, sure. So you can find me online at jasonvanorden.com. Uh, the last name is V-A-N-O-R-D-E-N.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn is a place I hang out probably the most in terms of social media. I'm not on Facebook and stuff like that much these days. Um, so if you happen to be a LinkedIn person, love to connect with you over there uh, as well. Um, and if you are a coach or, or a consultant looking to connect with others in the field, um, check out generousentrepreneursandmedia.com. Absolutely. Well, Jason, thank you very much. And uh, I just want to say I'm grateful that you're in my life. Um, I always like to, I have a spreadsheet that tells me how I met, unless you remember off the top of your head, how we met. Was that, was it a Daniel? Um, I believe Daniel did. Yeah, it was I somebody was connected us. I believe it was Daniel. Yeah, because I like to give them credit. So let me, let me see. Van Orden. Yeah, I believe it was Daniel Andrews. So I'm going to give him it was Daniel Anders. So we'll give Daniel Anders kudos for introducing the two of us. Nice. All right. Well, Jason, thanks again. I appreciate you for coming on and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're a special guy and you're providing a lot of awesome services for people who need it. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Be well, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.